You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. round the fixtures of the new Premier League season is in the books and there's plenty to talk about. Erling Haaland and Darwin Nunez got off to the mark. Brendan Aronson lit it up for Leeds. Ten Hag's honeymoon period was quickly cut short at Old Trafford and three of the promoted sites picked up points. I'm breaking it all down with Michael LaHood and James Bench. And as an added bonus, we'll also get into the big stories of the Bundesliga and League uh, The Get Go Lasso weekend recap begins right now. Welcome to Kego Lasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. YouTube.com forward slash Kego Lasso. Of course, Kego Lasso pod on Twitter. James Bench, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I've just come back from a week <laughs> off. Uh, so I'm That's right. James, disappointed. How was Italy, though? Oh, it's fun. It's fabulous. You know, great weather, good wine, good food. <laughs> we live. They live well out there. I don't know how they managed to live to 100, though, with all that pasta and red wine because they don't work in the middle of the day it's It's just like spain it's insane but i'm very jealous as well and on friday your arsenal uh got a good win we'll talk about that later in the show michael lahood by the way michael lahood has to leave halfway through the show so michael lahood how are you buddy how's it going you know, I, I, I'm going to give you some health tips from the Italians. They don't have to watch Manchester United play on their television sets. That's why they live longer. I'm, uh, I'm going to try and keep it professional today, but uh, struggling after watching that display. So let's just get in the show. Well, I see your Manchester United, and I raise your Steven Gerrard Aston Villa. <laughs> loss at, uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that later on. But welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for being part of the family. As I mentioned, James Bench, Michael LaHood here. It's our first weekend recap of this new campaign. Uh, we're all very excited, and we're going to get straight into it, everybody. So please, this is live. So please throw in your questions, but we're going to get into it. West Ham Man City, 2 nothing. Erlen Haaland. Everybody was like, after the Community Shield, ah, what's going to happen? The Premier League might be too tough for Haaland. The Haaland, well, he answered with a brace. He answered with a shush the crowd, fixing his hair, the meditation. It was all there. <laughs> Fantastic debut, James Bench, from Erlen Haaland against West Ham. What you, what you make of it? Yeah, turns out this guy's pretty good. And putting him in a really good team is... It's pretty effective. I mean, what I thought was really interesting, though, is I think West Ham would feel like they did pretty much everything right, especially until that Haaland goal. I mean, obviously, they wouldn't have wanted City to have quite as much of the ball. But, you know, in terms of what they were doing without the ball, they had their low block was really well established. They were clearing any crosses that came their way, giving all sorts of fight. But then these sort of mistakes by a millimetre are just punished emphatically. And I, I would argue there was maybe only two big mistakes by uh, by West Ham. The first one, Ben Johnson gets drawn up the pitch. Haaland spins him like nobody. Um, 
it's drew on goal and you know what's happening then. And then they, they get, they step forward in the second half as they're chasing the game, that high line, though, it's not perfect. There's a slight, you know, whether you blame Zuma and, you know, Mike, you'll know better than me, whether it's anyone's fault or whether these things just happen, mm. you know, Zuma steps forward or Johnson steps back or whatever it was. There's a, there's a, a millimeter of daylight and we know what Harlan does there and how he punishes that high line. That's, you know, city very rarely and is often not even enough to lose themselves a league, but they can let these moments go unpunished, or they could in the past. I think with Haaland, it's a lot less likely. And by the way, if they've just got a guy that's going to put the penalties in the net, that's immediately a bit of a game changer for City. I want to know what yoga studio Haaland goes into because I'm going to check in seeing him do that namaste. And he said namaste at the top of the Premier League goal scoring charts with his display today. Uh, watching him play, now City have a focal point. Last season, Phil Foden was the false nine. Sometimes you'd see Kevin De Bruyne, typically in the midfield, shift up to the false nine in years past. And, and what that does, it, it brings order. And really, Kevin De Bruyne now, you see him playing closer to Erling Holland, not having to drop so deep to collect the ball. A, a player that I thought was the unsung hero of today's match, Rodri. What he was able to do as the single anchor, sole anchor, allows Ilkay Gundogan, a player that I, just you know him very well, LME, two goals to win the Prem. We all know him. His arrival in the box, that first assist, just yeah. turning in that half space, looking over the shoulder, and then inch-perfect pass. I thought he cooked, overcooked it just a little bit, but when you have Erlen Holland, you have, you have pace, not just – a, a target striker. You have a guy who has long legs and the pace and the determination to get there first. And we all worried, didn't we, that, that those got, because that's the Haaland goal, isn't it? The yeah. run across one centre-back and behind the other. And we sort of worried. We were like, well, they won't, he, he won't have the space he has in Germany. Turns out he didn't need that space because, my God, this guy is fast. You know, it was, oh. it, this is a million, and he's got players, like you said, with, with Gundogan, he's got players that can fire the ball into that tiny, tiny space. It, yeah, it well, might still work. And also, when you get the added addition, you mentioned Gunda, Kevin De Bruyne. One of the yeah. things that we talked about last week was that partnership is going to be crucial. And my God, I mean, first of all, the that second goal, the timing oh. of the run, the ball from De Bruyne, just like you said, James Bench, now that you put him in a really good team, this is just going to be devastating. Some stats for you, everybody. Obviously, it won't surprise you that Man City had the majority of possession, 76%, 14 shots, two on target. West Ham were waiting to counter, but there were points when Ederson was basically taking a nap uh, and it was just like you know quintessential Man City and then of course oh by the way we only have Calvin Phillips to put on in the last few minutes of the game we only have Julian Alvarez to take care of business so this was a, a very good victory but most importantly Erlen Haaland making a statement Michael LaHood let me ask you you know obviously it's not always going to be peachy for mm. Erlen Haaland but I mean he more than made a statement today I mean, you said that this is it. This is what Pep Guardiola needed at number nine. Definitely in the Champions League. How high can you rate him going into this season? I mean, are we talking golden boot material? Are we talking somebody that finally can take care of business on Man City on all accounts? I, I think you're you're talking about a very high prospect for golden boot material, but it's it's one game. And yes, he, he looked really confident. He looked emphatic with his finishes, especially the second one. Dispatched the first penalty kick with confidence. And the second one, just the, the coolness and the collectiveness you want to see in a world-class striker. What I like about him, he brings a different dimension to Manchester City where they can now play on the counter. Erling Holland's speed, Premier League backlines have to respect it when they have a high line. And I think of teams like Liverpool who were exposed 
this past weekend for playing a high line. I'd like to see him go up against Virgil, Virgil Van Dyke again. Van Dyke looking vulnerable, 1v1 against Mitrovic. I think Kevin De Bruyne and Gundogan, Phil Foden, those three, Bernardo Silva, if he goes or stays, those type of players, your skill players, are going to thrive even more in the assist column. Having a player who can stretch back lines, they have to honor that, and that creates a massive gap underneath for them to operate, as we saw in the De Bruyne assist. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, here's a fun thing for everybody here. Uh, if you're watching, drop in your comments. But Erlen Haaland making his debut in the Premier League. I think I know where most of you might go in this next question. But Mauricio, thank you so much for being part of the family. If he's taking pens, he's surely a favorite for Golden Boot. I agree. I agree. I think Mohamed Salah is still up there. But Erlen Haaland, 100%. All right. Well, here's a question for everybody, including our two very fine gentlemen here. Erlen Haaland, debut for the Premier League. Did you see anybody else, by the way, which players making their Premier League debut impressed or disappointed you the most? James Bench, uh, when you think about the overall scope of the weekend, who impressed you? I think I know where you're going. Where are you going, Sam? Um, well, I'm going to surprise you first. I think we all know who I'm ending up with. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, Brendan Aronson, wonderful performance. Mm. Pure energy, pure leads, pure Jesse Marsh, Bielsa, Leeds, loved him. Great guy as well. And I respect anyone that's going to try and um, try and claim that goal when he, he didn't he didn't get the last touch, did he? he but they should give him it. You've got to give him that goal. The centre-back doesn't want it. I'm happy for him. Yeah, exactly. um, if that's Harry Kane or anyone in the Prem that's established, yeah, exactly. they get the well, ball. If it's Harry Kane, get <laughs> different rules for the England captain and the US yeah. superstar. Um, I'm obviously going to... I'm going to keep you waiting for what you know is coming. Then two players that I thought were were, were pretty poor uh Diego Carlos I hate to say it no me. he was so no I'm, and I, I think the one, thing I said, <laughs> the one thing I said and I got roasted by Villa fans about calling him a veteran but my point was this guy needs to start fast you know that and this is one game so we can't say he started slowly beyond those 90 minutes but it was it was poor and I think you know it's not great it, seeing someone like it was poor and he was nowhere near the worst one that's yeah, that's how agreed. Bad it was. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you could say the same thing for for Lisandro Martinez as well. Yeah, and look, Danny Welbeck. And when we talk about this game, Brighton were phenomenal. But I, I you know, not a great start for him. Obviously, then the one centre back that shone the brightest. What a what a debut! Oh. And we have to caveat this with you know the last time I said such great things about an Arsenal player on debut was Danny Ceballos, and he wasn't very good for Arsenal. But yeah. William Saliba looks the real deal. No, he's, he's strong. He's confident. No one, you know, at 21 years old should have the physique of this guy. Could be could be a really top, top player. And it, the joy for Arsenal is, if he's not, you've got Gabriel and Ben White, which was a great partnership. But Saliba's absolutely starting against Leicester, no doubt. Yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. Michael, who do you have? I know that we've got a Darwin Nunez comment there. Yeah. Don't worry, I was going to include him. Uh, but Michael, who do you have? Yeah, I'm so glad that Natalie, thank you so much, Natalie Cross, for mentioning Darwin Nunez because Liverpool were almost dead to rights. They had no business being in that game. Bobby Firmino looks in trouble with his starting position. It's the Darwin Nunez show. It's the Darwin Nunez in Nunez era. Mitrovic and, turned into Johan Cruyff. I, I want to have him. <laughs> Mitrovic 2.0 is a debut, yeah. isn't it? I want to actually add him as a Premier League re-debut. Yeah, <laughs> a return, just, right. Just right. Uh, the, the way he crossed up Virgil van Dijk for the penalty kick and then Trent Alexander-Arnold dunked on him. Mitrovic yeah. should, could be an uh, NBA draft pick with how high he got up and dunked on Trent, but Darwin Nunez, this guy, the, the finish, 
for the first goal. That's so cheeky, so clever mm. to go behind his back heel and flick that over the goalkeeper's shoulder. That's class. That's why you pay the big bucks. And, and really his ability to just be in the right place at the right time, so patient, just something that's different from Ferrino and, and even having Sanyu Mane, who had a great debut himself in the Bundesliga. But when you play on the last defender's shoulder, it's so difficult to defend because you can't see him in your blind spot and he's not making the same run twice. So he checks away. Sometimes he's standing flat and then he is willingness to accelerate. But on that goal that he scores, he waits to the last second and waits for Mohamed Salah to put his head down. And that is really the clue that the ball is going to be fizzed in behind the center back. And it's just the acceleration. He's a finisher, right? He's a finisher. He's a natural finisher. It's something that I like to remind our young fans because our older fans they're used to knowing the evolution or devolution, you know, depending on where you're watching, of a striker. And something that's missing a lot of the time is just being a, a finisher. Just get the job done. And that's Darwin Nunez. He does a lot more than that, but he's a classic finisher. By the way, and I'm going to say this every single episode when we talk about him, Liverpool Football Club, social media management. <laughs> Nunez, Enya, because when you don't put that little line above the end, you call him Nunes, and that's not his name. Please. Hey, by the way, Norwich City, by the way, whoever Chilean called Marcelino Nunes, they do everything. The accent, the enye, I love it. So Liverpool, please. All right, James Bench, let's move on here. Uh, I want to go to James first, Mike. I want you to – this is therapy session now, all right? But uh, Bench, let, let, let me ask you first. Manchester United Brighton, you tweeted something. Um, but I, no, no, no. yeah, that's funny. Well, I'm laughing my own jokes, yeah, yeah. No, that one was amazing. The well, the Lissandro Martinez one, no, uh, no, I was thinking more about you know, and I tweeted it as well later. There's there was so much talk about Manchester United, and clearly, so this is about Manchester United losing uh, Old Trafford, it's meant to be a new page, Eric Den Hag. But Brighton Hove Albion Football Club is such an example of what a great you know, franchise you can be. You sell two key players in the summer, right, for a lot of money. One of them literally just like five minutes ago. And it doesn't matter. The system, the culture that Graham Potter and the club has created is amazing. I know that you feel the same about Brighton and and how well they did in this game. I mean, look at, you know, we talk about, and it was, everyone was shouting it from the rooftops throughout this game and on the, the TV coverage, and rightly so, that they'd lost their their two best players, Yves Basuma and, and Mark Kukurea. I mean, Kukurea will be a tough one to replace, but look at... And Ben White last season as well. (laughs) Yeah, but who was the the best player on the pitch the whole game, uh, with the possible exception of Danny Welbeck, which is a wonderful story. (laughs) But but Moise Caicedo, who's been in that Mm. squad already, we've seen him perform. They've clearly been ready for the moment when Basuma would move. And Caicedo looks just as good. And that's that's how you run a club. And, you know... because this team has been together, gestating together so long, and yes, you take out some key parts, but you're not, you know, you're not taking out the engine. You're not, you, you know, you may be losing the nice rims you had, but you've got the vehicle. It can do really interesting things. And you know, that first half when I think Jamie Carragher on Sky Sports was describing it as, you know, a formation like the way that Ajax won the Champions League with a back three that is genuinely one centre back and two fullbacks. Yeah. That's all. That all comes about because this team of developed together they know each other they know what to, how to deal with pressure they knew you know how quickly did they go to a back four and then a back five when the pressure came after Dallo's goal you know this will sound like I'm trying to wind 
my cup and to an extent i am <laughs> but the reality is i don't think i don't think manchester united should feel that surprised or disappointed by that result and frankly they lost to a team that are better than them at football at the moment yeah. like yeah. You know they ha- they know what they're doing. United in a few months' time, I'm sure, will be better once Ten Hag gets yeah. gets at them. But you know th- they only look like a good football team when they resorted to Cristiano Ronaldo hero ball. Like there's so far to go, <laughs> so far. I want to give. I want to start positive and end in misery. Uh, so I'm going to start with Bryce- Brighton. Uh, I think you're completely correct, James. That Brighton was by far leaps and bounds better than Manchester United today. And and really, they weathered the early storm. You knew United was going to come out kicking and screaming and and throwing a lot of energy. The crowd expecting that early goal, and when it didn't come, Brighton started letting the ball do the work. And and Leandro Trossard, this guy is a future star in the Belgian national team, already scoring some nation league goals in some of the the big wins for Belgium late on before the Premier League season starting. He was playing out of position at left wing back mind you. And this guy was still able to thread the needle on the Danny Welbeck assist for the first goal. I'm going to take you back to the end of the season. Manchester United going to Brighton, losing 4-0, getting absolutely humiliated. Goal scorers on the day, Pascal Gross, who looks like he could be in the top five for Ballon d'Or with some of the goals he finished today because we made him look that good. Um, Trossard getting on the board and Moises Caicedo. We didn't have an answer for him. Fred and Scott McTominay, I guess I'm going to be professional. They were <laughs> well, crap. I think Roy Keane already said his they were crap. No good for you. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, Moses Caicedo, it's funny because he was the player that was not by United's board, decided not to be scouted any further. And it was Brighton who ended up picking him up. Just an absolute talent. But there's a few things about the Manchester United performance today that was kind of shocking. Um, it's not the Ronaldo benching. Glazers were in attendance, fan protests, blah, blah, blah. Ten Hag was booed at halftime. It's just, it's, you know, the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. That, to me, Ten Hag obviously was a, was a different outcome and a different way to approach it. But everything else, James Bench, tactically speaking, was exactly the same. It, it was very weird to see, actually. Yeah, I mean... I, I I completely agree. Like and like you say, it's kind of therefore hard to know like what new things there are to say. Other than Scott McTominay was like lucky to be on the pitch, but frankly, yeah. I don't think United would have missed him. Yeah. And that clearly, like, I think because of that Ronaldo introduction, it kind of made you think maybe this is how United players feel comfortable playing football. Is they don't, you know, and, and this isn't the right thing to do, and it's not what Ten Hag should do. But they have clearly developed into a squad that is not entirely receptive early on. And we, we remember we've, we're one game into a 38-game season, but this looked like a team that's not receptive to principle yet that will, f- that will, when the pressure is on, will fall back to hero ball, to trusting whether it's Fernandez or Ronaldo or, you know, in the past, Rashford and Sancho, trusting that someone will bail them out. You know, it was so easy, I thought, for Brighton to weather the storm after, after Dallow's goal because... United didn't quite know how to deal with their dominance. You know, there were some crosses into the box. There were some set pieces. But there's just, this. like we say, it's the same thing we say every time on every pod. There's just nothing built. There's no foundations to this team. It's a, you know, it's a castle built on... It's no longer vibes as well. We used to say at least vibes were around. There's there's no vibes. (laughs) Mike, final point, buddy, on this game. Yeah, I, I, I just... 
think uh, ahead to the next game because when these players go in and watch the tape, they're gonna they're gonna literally want to wear sunglasses because it's gonna be awful. It's gonna be shocking. It's like looking straight into the sun. Just gouge your eyeballs out. I, I want to. I think Christian Eriksen, where he ends up landing once this United team gets settled in, that's gonna be piquing my interest. I, I think for him to be more of a deep line playmaker, playing next to if you're gonna play Fred or McTominay, you can't play both against top. 10 teams in the Premier League because they will get found out. You need someone who can connect front to back and back to front in transition. I thought there was a bit more settledness having Ronaldo in and having Erickson and Bruno Fernandez. I wonder who that defensive midfielder is going to be because you can't have both. And then on the flanks, Marcus Rashford still looks like he's, he's having the trauma of last season affecting him. It had the one goal that was lucky for him called offside, but he should score that offside or no offside where the keeper comes off the line and makes a brilliant save. And then the second one back post on his left foot hits it out of the stadium, almost hitting the Salford city flats. Um, <laughs> uh, still might be in the air traveling that way, but he just looks so low on confidence. Jaden Sancho looking like he's, he, he's getting bonuses for taking extra touches in the final third. Those two players are really frustrating on the day to day. I expect them to be better though next week. Yeah, and like James said uh, earlier, there's no doubt that you know the, uh, the only way is up, right? And, and Eric Ten Hag yeah. is too good of a manager to to not change things, but things need to change fast, and things need to be different. That's for damn sure. All right, there's Norris. The rest of the Premier League fixtures, by the way, uh, up on the screen for you if you're watching on YouTube. This was the weekend. It all began, of course, uh, because it's not included here with Arsenal's fantastic victory against Crystal Palace, Liverpool two all against Fulham. Uh, Bournemouth destroyed uh, Aston Villa. We'll talk about it in a second. Leeds United won 2 1 against Wolves. Newcastle 2 0 against Forest. Tottenham, Antonio Conte's Tottenham, even though they went 1 0 down, refed it up 4 1 against Southampton. Chelsea with a very boring 1 0 win against Everton. And yeah, today's results as well. Mike, I know that you have to go at the break, so yes. I'm going to give you word here if you want to just give me your. Final thoughts from the Premier League weekend. Anywhere that you want to go, we can talk uh, your Americans, uh, United States of Leeds United, if you want. We yeah. can go anywhere you want. Where do you want to go before you go, Mike? Um, I'm, I'm going to stay on the James Bend train. And I'm this Arsenal team really intrigues me. The display uh, before when we did the weekend preview, uh, by, you know, the malice at the Palace uh, was in Arsenal's favor. They learned some of their lessons going to Selhurst Park and just – the, the debutants for Arsenal, Zinchenko, arguably man of the match performance alongside Saliba, gives more possession, gives more experience. But Gabriel Jesus, I can't wait to see this guy open his account. Came close a couple times. I think he could be the missing link up top. But never thought I'd be behind the Arsenal train. It's it's a hell of a lot better than being in my depressive uh, mood. <laughs> so I tell you I one thing. I tell you one thing. I'm going to talk about it, James Bench. But it's not just Gabriel Jesus, but his partnership with Gabriel Martinelli is going to be mm. very impressive yes. indeed. Uh, Mike Lahoud, uh, listen, you're going to catch a plane, right? Yeah, I'm going? going to Minnesota. Uh, my my in laws, my wife's family. They're, she's from there. They're from there. They live there. And we're also going to the MLS All-Star game. A player, it's actually my final thought, a player uh, that used to play for Zen St. Petersburg, River Plate, a guy that I know you're familiar with, Sebastian Driussi. Cannot wait to see this guy play against the Liga MX All-Star. He won Copa Libertadores, won the Russian Premier League, Champions League player. Last time he played in the Champions League, scored a goal against the one Borussia Dortmund in early Holland. 
This guy, you will not, it will not be the last time you hear about him on the world football stage. He will be back on the grand stage, probably playing in Europe in years to come. But this guy's a talent. Cannot wait to go support him, watch him, and just enjoy domestic soccer. I love it. I love it, man. Well, have a safe flight to you and your wife. Enjoy your trip. Enjoy the game. Michael Lahoud, don't forget to follow him at Michael Lahoud. And of course, he's part of the QG family every single week. Mike, have a great one, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. See you guys soon. All right. See you later. By the way, I forgot to mention Leicester Brentford uh, 2-0 in that one. We're going to take a break, everybody. When we come back, uh, James Bench and yours truly will talk about who impressed us the most. We'll pick a player, team, or a manager who surprised us in a good way on opening weekend. We'll talk about the weekend losers as well. You know damn right where I'm going to go. Bundesliga, Chad, Liga, and that should be it. Diego Lasso, Weekend Rica, Mike LaHood, James Bench, LME. We'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody. James Benjors, truly. Que golazo. We get Rika very quickly. Paramount Plus, by the way. James Bench, Paramount Plus. How good is Paramount Plus, buddy? It's got it all, it's, doesn't it? It is so good. We've just got it here in the UK, uh, and I am I'm devouring that that back catalogue of uh, <laughs> classic films. I wish I got the soccer streaming, but I don't. Oh, I know, I know. I, I literally, because I was in, uh, in London and in England uh, helping my cousin download Paramount Plus as well in the stream, and he said exactly the same thing. But guess what? You can see it right there. Paramount Plus is the only place to stream every minute of every Serie A match in the U.S. And you can quickly and easily sign up for your very own account right now with a free one-month trial by going to ParamountPlus.com forward slash Italy. Just click the Try It Free button and use promo code Italy for instant access to the best Italian club soccer available across all of your devices. Visit ParamountPlus.com forward slash Italy and start streaming today. 
All right, let's get back to it, uh, Bench. Weekend winners it is. Uh, pick a player, a team, or a manager who surprised you in a good way on opening weekend. Who impressed you the most, JB? Oh, this is easy, this one. I mean, it's it's Fulham and, and in particular, Mitro. Look, you know, I mean, I we spoke about this before the season began and I was kind of saying, you know, trust in him. He's a better player than he got credit for. He's a better player than that goal record last time when, you know, um, he was in charge. I can never remember fully when Scott Parker was not willing to kind of give him the opportunities that, that he did maybe earned in the championship. But I didn't think it would go like this. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not against Liverpool. <laughs> this guy was, it was. And James, James, do- he's only 27 as well. Yeah. I keep forgetting about that. So there's a limit. He, I, I remember speaking to him very early in his Fulham career. And he, you know, he, you kind of do forget how long that Fulham career has been and how long he's been around the Premier League because he was at Newcastle beforehand. But he's mm. kind of a great head on his shoulders who, who really does value this club. And I think, especially after some tough times at, at Newcastle, has really valued the opportunities that he's got at Fulham and the love he gets from Fulham fans. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, the goals, you know, are the, are the real talking point. And, and what a leap over Trent Alexander-Arnold in particular, the first. But actually, I think one thing they highlighted on Match of the Day here and that really struck me was um, the pressing of Fulham as a whole, but that includes Mitrovic. And I think that's something that we, you know, we maybe don't kind of think of with him. He's not always been the leanest of forwards. And I think that's really changed in, in recent years. And he moves and he works. And it was amazing to see, you know, Liverpool, you know, with the godfather of Gagan pressing, well, he's not the godfather, as he always is, the archpriest of Gagan pressing and Jurgen Klopp, get rattled by the pressure that Fulham were, were putting on them. And always the centre forward is so important to how a team presses. And look, in this instance, uh, Mitrovic really made it made it work. And what a start from Fulham. Um, I've been very optimistic on them. And um, I think they're going to reward that optimism. I thought they were fantastic, really good. Yep, yep. I have a very soft spot for Fulham. I worked at Craven Cottage. I went to uni very close there. It's it's, it's such a great stadium. Uh, and to your point, they were fantastic in their debut. And if anything goes right for Marcus Silva's boys, uh, Mitrovic has to really be this good. And they're good enough to stay up if they can deliver. Now it's match day one, so there's a lot to come. My player, I'm going to pick Brendan Aronson. I know we briefly talked about him before, but we're very big fans of him over here. He was... Uh, He's a friend of the show. He was on the show last year, just before he went off to Salzburg. And honestly, you know, he's the kind of player that Leeds United needs. He's a kind of player that Jesse Marsh needs and the kind of player that the Premier League needs. I remember he said a great quote when we were chatting and he said, I will outwork anybody. Like he is just an engine and you can tell. And you can tell that he is. And, and to your point, I think he deserves that call. He, nobody wants an own goal. G- give it to Brendan Aronson. But how how, um, how excited, I guess, if you were a USMNT fan, James Bench, uh, were you for not just, uh, you know, Tyler Adams, of course, as well played a feature in Jesse Marsh, but Brendan Aronson, just how good is this kid? I mean, rivaling to being, you know, probably more influential than Christian Pulisic, uh, you know, when, when the World Cup comes around. Oh, I think because you know he will see the pitch week in, week out. And I think it was mm. kind of quite obvious that even though Chelsea, and we'll, we'll come on to talk about uh, are trimming back their forward numbers, it's going to be hard for Christian Pulisic to get regular minutes. This this guy, Aronson, looks like he's going to be, along with Tyler Adams, one of the real engines and, and a defining player in, in how Leeds play. My only worry, if I'm a USMNT fan, is 
this guy might run himself into the ground. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care how hard he works. Everyone's <laughs> and he doesn't there. care, James Bitch. He wants to keep going. So that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. Absolutely. He will run and run and run and run right the way to Qatar if he has to. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, let's talk about the weekend losers, by the way. We talked about the winners. Who needs to go back to the drawing board and or the transfer market? You can pick a player, a team, or a manager who fell short of expectations. Go ahead, James Bench. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm struggling a little bit with this one because it's... No, I well, mean, it's obvious. You know where though, I'm going, it? so you can go. Yeah. We can say the same team if you want. But no, no, no. Somebody else in the end, it's, it's quite obvious where Manchester United. Yeah. And I know we've, we've just one. spoken about them, so I won't won't belabor this point. But the, no, the but holes it's in this worth squad. Returning to. That's where I was going to. Because, They've okay, got, did they do enough in the transfer market this summer? I don't know. Of course not. And I don't think we can't just sort of the whole issue with Manchester United is they've thought they can solve every single problem in this squad in the transfer market mm. and they can't. And there's cultural issues and there's identity issues that we've just talked about. Having said that, you know, you go from playing Christian Eriksen as your fault. I mean, he's not a false nine as your, you know, central attacker playmaker and not playing a number nine. Cause you don't have any because Martial's injured and God knows what's going to happen with Cristiano Ronaldo in the next few weeks. And then he goes to play as your, you sit, you're six. I can't, I hate calling them sixes. But you're, you know, you're deep line playmaker, you're Andrea yeah. Pirlo. I love the idea of Christian Eriksen playing there. I love that. I think that's great fun, but it clearly has to be like something you work on in training, not something that you're like, gosh, well, we have to do something here. Um, Especially with Ten Hag in charge. And these the are, system you know, is completely different. These are the, this is the spine of your team we're talking about. This isn't like accoutrements. This is who gets the who gets the ball from your seven centre backs that you have on your roster. Who gets it and moves it up the pitch, and then it's who puts the ball in the net and help and leads your press and does all those things. Mm. United don't have a player in either of those positions, and you know this is sort of setting Ten Hag up for a fall. And you see with the protests, you see with fans fighting. You know this is not. This is a, a real, real problem. And I think even though everyone has put them at sixth in their predicted tables and all that, I think we might have overrated this Manchester United team. And I, I look along that squad and then I compare it to like the Brighton starting 11, Palace. There's so many teams we could have mentioned that have surprised us from the, the Premier League middleweight. And I think are United nearer to them than they are to the, the four or five teams that will be competing for Champions League football? Yeah. It's one game well, in. We're talking early on, but I think they are. Yeah, well, like you said, it's one game in. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon, which leads me to my point about my pick, and I have to go with Aston Villa. I'm sorry, but it was uh, one of the worst performances once again, and it's a little bit shocking, really, because I was very optimistic during the summer. The squad is there. It's been revved up with the likes of Buba Kamara, who's you know, the future starter in the midfield of the French national team. We mentioned Diego Carlos, of course, but it's not just about him. You know, uh, Jacob Ramsey is meant to elevate to the next level. Felipe Coutinho, Emiliano Wendia, Oli Watkins rivaling with Danny Ings up front and Cam Archer, of course. And it was a dreadful performance. It was uh, lethargic. It was rudimentary. It was uh, unimaginative in so many more ways than one. you got to give credit to Bournemouth. They returned to the Premier League. Scott Parker has them pretty well organized, especially off the ball. Vitality Stadium, when it's packed, can be a little bit of a fortress uh, if you go there. But still, I saw very little. But I'm living with the hope that it's very early in the season and things will change. The problem is, is that some of the tactical things that I'm seeing Steven Gerrard do, and he's done it 
before mm. alarms me a little bit. And I want him to make sure that he knows that. Like Emiliano Wendy are not starting a game is beyond ridiculous. It's beyond ridiculous. And I know that he's very close with Felipe Coutinho, but when we played Manchester City in the last game of the season, we have Coutinho on one side, Wendy on the other one, and we were very good, actually. And then Coutinho got topped off from Nakamba, and then the rest is history. My point is, just like we say about... Thomas Tuchel, Jimmy Conrad always says Tuchel doesn't know his best 11. Jared has no idea about his best mm. 11. And that's a problem. That's a problem for but, Villa right now. But I, I'm not sure that, I mean, I, I would be inclined to give Gerard the benefit of the doubt here and, mm-hmm. and ask, and this a lot of this happens above him. You know, has the squad been built in a way to where the, the, the best 11 is kind of apparent? And you know, that, that you know, you see, this is something that's really obvious when you watch, um, all or nothing, and I don't want to talk too much about it because we <laughs> could talk about it. Indeed, <laughs> but you see the Arsenal squad, and it's yeah. taken them a very long time to get there. And we could have had this critique of them for a long time. Mm. It's laid out. It's in positions. It's who fits where. Mm. I don't know necessarily that Villa have built the squad in that in that way. And there might be too many cooks in the kitchen right now, mm. James Bench. That's the I issue so. because the thing is, and specifically in the midfield. First of all, we got a. Uh, a not so happy Tyrone Minx. That's already an issue, right? Now we want competition, but the fact that he was, uh, you know, the captaincy was taken away from him. That's already an issue. So now you've got him fighting for even to start, let alone not just be a captain. And then the midfield, there's a lot going on there because you have Douglas Luiz, you have Jacob Ramsey, John McGinn, the new captain. And then what do you do? Do you double pivot with Douglas Luiz and Kamara and let McGinn up top? But then what do you do with Emiliano Wendy and Felipe Coutinho? And I haven't even talked about Nakamba, Morgan Sanson can't even get in the on the bench, let alone in the starting 11. So there might be a, too many cooks in the kitchen. So Jared has to figure this out sooner rather than later. Now, I will stress this. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's plenty of time to get this together. And we are historically awful on match day one. Okay, but like I said before, I'm a little bit worried, James Bench, and you bring a good point. Sometimes the 11 speaks for itself. I don't think Jared right now sees that painting. And that's a little worrying because you've had all summer to do that. So but we'll, we'll have to see uh, what happens there. All right. Listen, uh, let's move on here. That's a lot of Premier League chatter. And thank you so much, everybody, for being here. Pod at James Bench at We can recap returns. Let's talk some Bundesliga, by the way. Bayern Munich took care of business, 6-1 against uh, the Europa League champions, <laughs> Eintracht Frankfurt, by the way. Not just some slouch. Dortmund won 1-0 against Leverkusen. Stuttgart won all against Leipzig. Uh, well, actually, first of all, the first question I have for you, this is Bayern Munich's uh, title to lose, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, yes. I'm just looking at the sort of figures now. Like you say, this is the but, but this is the Europa League champions, a team that's beaten West Ham, that's beaten Barcelona. Uh, not, yeah, Barcelona. That's right. Not, this, Barcelona. Isn't some, <laughs> this isn't some freak. You know, they went to uh, the Deutsche Bank Park, which I've been to before. It's an intimidating stadium with a tough atmosphere. They go there and they have 63% possession, 23 shots, four expected goals and obviously six in total. Mm. This is swaggering dominance. And I, I mean, you know, this is, I think that their, their view is clearly like, you know, they'll do what they always do. They'll try and wrap up this title early. I guess the other thing I would point out though, that's interesting to see Dortmund keeping a clean sheet. Like I think everyone thought the defense was a little bit of a weak point last season. And obviously they brought in Zula, uh, Schlotterbeck, um, the Turkish guy, is it Ozcan to sit in yeah. front? 
Now that's a great start for them. And I think, you know, they're going to have I guess they're issues good. Leverkusen replacing... as well, yeah. Yeah, good, good Leverkusen team. And they're going to have issues replacing the uh, the goals of Haaland, although I think we now hear that um, Anthony Modeste is coming in because they've got to replace the goals of Alaire as well yeah. and, and Adeyemi. But I think maybe if, if Dortmund keeping it tight against a good opponent, that's a great start to the season for them as well. But like, I don't know. It's, you know, Munich, I don't see Bayern slipping. Then. I mean, Lewandowski leaves, it doesn't matter. Sadio Mane comes in. We saw that great video of him jumping up with the fans. I mean, look at that. And that's what's most impressive about Bayern Munich. It's different goal scorers. I mean, Jamal Musiala is an absolute player as well. This is a very good Bayern Munich under a very good manager. It's going to take a lot for somebody to dethrone them. By the way, um, a little bit of a latest here, James Bench, regarding Timo Werner. Possibly, uh, I think it's done, right? Returning back to Leipzig. Mm-hmm. Very close. Um, sounds like Chelsea will, he will be leaving on a permanent, but Chelsea will not be receiving much, if anything, for a player they spent £50 million on. I think there's still a real talent there. I think one of the things, I remember hearing this from Kai Havertz, but the same rings true for, for Werner. These guys came to the Premier League at the toughest time to do anything in your life. You know, right in the middle of a COVID, COVID pandemic, moving countries, um, Werner worked himself to the ground. It just for whatever reason, it just didn't quite click. And I think he's he's obviously, or it looks like he's a player that needs to feel the confidence, feel the love. He did always get the love from Chelsea fans, it has to be said. But mm. maybe it's just that that confidence. And and if he'd ever had a moment where four or five goals went in in two or three games, and I know that's a lot to ask of any Premier League striker, but if something like that had come along for Werner, I think we could have seen a really different player. Um, and I think it may well come, you know, much like Lukaku, much like Havertz for a long time. This t- this eleven was never built for Werner's strengths. You know, he will be he will do great work, I'm sure, at, at Leipzig, where they'll probably pa- pair him with uh, Yusuf Poulsen, target man. He runs in behind. Never yeah. saw that. You know, they had a target man, but it was Lukaku, and he didn't like playing that way. Mm. You know, Werner is clearly a, a player you play in a front two. Um, Maybe Does this like significantly it. improve Leipzig's chances of uh, competing against uh, Bayern and, and Borussia Dortmund? Because, you know, Werner, he knows the league, he knows the team. I mean, it's got to help, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you've got weapons now as well, haven't you? I mean, the difference mm. between when he left when and that season after he left, they were kind of just like, God, you know, do we score goals? It wasn't that, that was the yeah. year that Angelino was their, their top scorer. Right. I mean, now it's... Nkunku, he he. When Werner comes back, he won't be the main man, will he? This is Christopher Nkunku's team, and I'm intrigued to see how he kind of fits with that. But you know, but the competition is... can only be healthy yeah. enough for Leipzig to do something. That's right. Um, all right. Well, what does very quickly on Chelsea though? Lukaku gone, Werner gone. I know that Kai Havertz will lead that way. I know that Raheem Sterling, Thomas Tuchel will play around with that. But surely they're going to have to bring something in. I mean, it's, you know, the, the target men for Chelsea, and I know that it's a little bit different when you're talking about two-hill system, but the target men for Chelsea are, are few and far between. You, you expect a little bit of business now that uh, Werner is on his way to Leipzig. Yeah, I was told uh, a few days ago um, that they, they, were, they and Barcelona had initiated talks. There's a lot of confusion where this comes from um, about Aubameyang, mm-hmm. but that the, that the two clubs had really initiated those talks. Aubameyang, I, I think, is pretty agnostic. You know, mm. if they can reach a deal, he'll he'll hear Chelsea out. And obviously, great relations with Thomas Tuchel. Um, and an obvious fit, whether it's a 3-4-3 or a 4-3-3, I can see how he would fit into that Chelsea team. Um, 
that is one to keep an eye on. Obviously, they're spending a lot of money, uh, but it's de- a deal I would suspect Barcelona are quite keen to do to to tidy up that wage bill. Yeah, I'm sure extent. they're quite keen to do well, that. I mean, it's, fa- it's fair to say that he's actually, you know, and this is, he took a pay cut not just for, for last season, but this as well to facilitate yeah. that move to Barcelona. They haven't spoken <laughs> to, they haven't spoken to him about what will happen with his salary next year. <laughs> But you know he's a, he's he's not stupid. He know he's seen what's yeah. happened with De Jong. He's he's seen what happened with Busquets and Piquet and yeah. If and I were you, P, get that Todd Bowley money, baby, and yeah. just go to Chelsea because you know we're, you know especially now that Lewandowski, etc. Etc. But all right, one to turn out then Aubameyang maybe to Chelsea. That should be interesting. And by the way, just to wrap up the Bundesliga chatter, uh, the battle for the USMNT number nine spot. Uh, Pfaff forward slash Sibetu uh, because he's changed it back uh, off to a perfect start at Union Berlin. He scored in the Berlin Derby and Ricardo Pepe came on for the last 15 minutes of a 4 nothing defeat. Uh, by the way, our guys at in soccer we trust there with Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce, Charlie Davis. They, they're going to get into the discussion further on tomorrow's live show at 1pm Eastern, so make sure you check that out. All right, Liga, very quickly, Jonathan Johnson could talk about this for hours, James Bench. We're not going to. No, we're just going to talk about Lionel Messi's bicycle kick, which by the way, was the first ever, I think, a first ever bicycle kick for Lionel Messi. Do you believe that? No, I actually, do, as in, like, I literally do not believe that. I suspect someone has missed something somewhere along I'm the way. not sure. I mean, I have read that statistically on Twitter, which is obviously the fountain of knowledge for mm. everybody. But I, I do feel that that's true because I don't ever recall him ever doing a bicycle. Yeah. Maybe it could be. And look... There is this great debate, is there not, as to what is this? Is this a bicycle kick? Because <laughs> oh, his right. arms are on the ground. On the chest is and it the that? Side volley, right? Right. right. I, what uh, do you think? I think it's a bicycle kick. Yeah. I think of all this is. And then we have. Just because he's three foot like, one doesn't mean that he can't do a bicycle <laughs> kick. Right? I saw this bizarre meme that was like in response to the messy overhead kick or whatever we want to call it, bicycle kick. Someone had like said, and he's one seventy centimeters tall. Cristiano Ronaldo was two meters five in the air with his Atletico Madrid bicycle kick. I was like, how are you lot still fighting? How are you still going out <laughs> over things why is, like this? Why is this still a battle? What's Let's that about? Like he can jump higher than Messi. He's a professional athlete. Um, but anyway, I why, thought, why so when I first saw the clip, yeah. I, obviously, as I said, I was on holiday. So I, I came to it a little late and people said, oh, Messi, oh my God. I thought it was the clipped pass over the top by Paredes, which I think is the that better of the beauty. two things. Yeah, that was a beauty. But to be fair, and I no disrespect, but Claremont are pretty average. And yeah. that was a pretty average allowance of a goal. In the end, PSG won 5 nothing. Um and by the way, oh, and Des Norris wanted to add in the in the notes, by the way, does having your arms on the ground count as a bicycle kick? Yes, because you're yeah, still kicking the you're ball. You're still doing it. It's a rotational uh. pull of the boot. But yeah, absolutely. Neymar, by the way, as well, he he had a good time. So 5 nothing. Galtier's men obviously do their thing. Lille win 4-1 against Auxerre. A brace and an assist for Jonathan David, by the way. Uh, a man that I'm still surprised is still there, actually. I'm I wonder, very surprised. Would you see it, him I'm leaving sure. before the end of the window? Well, I'm, oh. everyone He's a has very looked. good player, and I really thought he was going to go on his way. For like major clubs, I thought were going to be interested in this. I, they still might be. It wouldn't shock yeah. me. I mean, you hear that United, who have Eric Ten Hag, really likes Jonathan David, has has kind of followed him a lot. Like, there's an option there. 
We're talking about mm. Chelsea. I think all these clubs have looked at him and clearly none of them have had him at the very, very top of their list. Mm. But, you know, right now, your Nunez's, your Haaland's, they're gone. And if you feel like you need a striker, he's not going to be crazy expensive. He is available. He wants to move. You can do a lot worse League. than the Canadian striker. He's it's excellent. Worth, it's worth having a look. So, yeah, this will only help his help his cause. Yeah, 100%. Leon, by the way, went 2-1 against Ajaccio. I don't know if it's Ajaccio. Ajaccio, please tell me if I'm wrong. I would love to know. <laughs> to oh, lose, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not asking you. I'm asking anybody. I wish JJ was around. To lose uh, 1-0 against Nice. Aaron Ramsey, by the way, James Bench, he equalized on his debut. What do you think about that? I want the new Aaron Ramsey. I've heard he's really good. I'll have him. <laughs> or maybe Jacob Ramsey's brother. Both. Our Aaron Ramsey. Exactly. All right. Well, that was it, everybody. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Our weekend recap returns. So we got plenty more content to come. James Bench, anything to plug before we say goodbye? Final thoughts, buddy. I actually have nothing to plug because I've only just come back from holiday. So I don't <laughs> really know what's going on. Well, as long as you had a good time, that is all that matters. James Bench, make sure to follow his content on CBS Sports, CBS Sports website, of course, HQ, and much, much more, especially, of course, as a key member of Golasso. By the way, thank you so much for listening to Golasso. Take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple Pods, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your pods. We're also available as video, as you know. If you're watching this, subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit YouTube. James Bench, LME, Kego Lasso. Have a great, great rest of your Sunday. We will see you next time. Until then, bye-bye.